and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, I've got Neil Patterson with myself. And we're just going to take a look briefly back at back at um, how the Reds have fared so far this season, what we've kind of thought of performances and basically the style of play, maybe the departure from the more structured and, and pragmatic approach that we've seen, um, certainly post-pandemic, and look at the hectic December period that approaches with um, nine games in 28 days. So, Chief, Southampton, you know, the game's over in the first half. It's it's Brighton with us getting the third goal instead of them getting the third goal of the game. And, yeah, they have some chances, but it's it's 3-0 at halftime, and then it's it's absolutely finished um, with four, if, if there was any doubt at all in the scoreline. And, <sighs> Three, four, four, four great goals, four very different goals, and we just look absolutely insatiable at the minute. Um, Jota, chief amongst the goal getters, and you know a goal from centre half, a goal from Van Dijk and, and Thiago with with two in a week. So we are spreading the goals around, but those those front three, and then you throw throw Firmino in there four as well. The numbers are off the charts right now. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I think before Vardy scored on Sunday, um, we had the top three goal scorers in the in the league in the division. Um, Salah, obviously, and the top two assisters, I think, as well. Even yeah, even better. So I mean, you know, I think obviously Salah's way out in front, and um, Mane's been quietly getting his goals. You, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily notice them all. He had another one. Chalked off there. The, I mean, he's had a few disallowed as well, actually. And he, he had another one chalked off there at the weekend for a very close offside call. Um, but yeah, he's, he's yeah, it's certain, another one of those only Mo Salah stats, isn't it? Only Mo Salah scored more goals in the Premier League than Sadio Mane, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, you know, it's not a bit of wonder that uh, that Mane was Mane's had well that there's been gossip. Of Manny having his issues over the years with Salah because he's like, fuck me. I was great. I am great. And here's this guy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he's nicely getting his goals quietly. And, and of course, Jota is slightly more obviously getting his goals. Um, I don't know why that is, why it seems, seems more kind of, um, highlighted or more obvious, uh, perhaps because he's newer, perhaps because, yeah. Because we we expect more, or you know, we we become accustomed, or we almost take it for granted that that Manny and Salah are going to get the goals. But yeah, Diogo Jota's right up there as well, and he looks like a he looks like a goal scoring phenomenon to me, uh, anyway. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's no no doubt about it. We've you know the stat is I think if we scored two against Everton tomorrow, that'll be 18 games in a row where we scored two or more goals. I think I heard earlier that um, that that's that will be the record. Um, I think we're we're joint at the moment, um, and if we we do it again, that'll be the the all time record ever. So yeah, I think uh, it's Sunderland from nineteen twenty seven, maybe. 
Yeah. So it's only so. like nearly a hundred year old record. Yeah, I think that's you know that's that's what I read. So um, mad, really. I mean, it's already a record. Let's be honest. Who does? I mean, who does stats pre-war? <laughs> no, no one like the game's you know completely different. Is there even offside? You know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing record. And um, while we're scoring those goals, we're not going to lose games. And Southampton, just to, to come back to the sort of uh, the more pertinent point, the Southampton game was was an exercise in in how important putting chances away is. And um, and you know, Jota scores after three minutes, and there's. Obviously, Salah could have scored that goal if Jota's not there. Salah puts it in, um, and we go from there. Really, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's always a patchy sort of time until you get the second, but the second is is almost inevitable, um, particularly against sort of, you know, no disrespect, but but the likes of Southampton and and even Brighton who came the other week. I know we didn't get the result in the end, but we're we're two up and could easily be three up before half time, and I would. Suggest if we do go three up before half time, they don't come back. Um, but yeah, I think those two two examples highlight how important it is to, you know, to put your put your chances away, and how things can change um, quite quickly if you you know if you don't and you and you and you succumb to to a sucker punch almost, which is certainly what happened in the Brighton game. I mean, I don't know, if, still don't know if that was a fluke or or an absolutely amazing shot or the sun's in Allison eye, Allison's eyes or or whatever. But uh, it certainly comes against the run of play when they, they get that one back. So, yeah, I mean, Hassan Hootle comes and, you know, a lot of lots been made about his post-match interview and the change of shape and, and so on. Um, but to be honest, I think he, he, he probably just wanted to throw the dice and, and try something. I know that they put everything in the, in the beating us last year when they did. And um, I think their form suffered massively afterwards as a result. I think they then went on to not win in the next eight or nine or something. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was an excellent performance. We mean business straight off the bat. Jota has a great chance even before he scores, where where he's clean through or where he's running at the, the last defender and there there's Salah and Mane either side and he, he decides not to, to opt for either. Um and of course it's four 0 in the end, but I think we we ease up and even with the chances we did create, we, it could have been six or seven before that if if we were. Yeah, this is all a bit city, isn't it? And I think some of the goals, the first two goals, for example, they're 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 Man City goals, aren't they? It's absolutely. It's, it's, in, it's in, yeah, it's in behind. It's it's across six yard box at the top end, and it's what they are. They're. <sighs> I don't know what, what you call them, but they're high quality chances. They're like nine out of ten or ten out of ten chances for creating. Um, but don't get me wrong, we're scoring goals from from everywhere and outside the box. But I think that's been a real trait of what I've seen this season. And also, City esque is 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 winning the game after an hour. We we saw it against Arsenal. We saw it at Old Trafford. Um, we saw it there against Southampton, and and we're able to take our foot off the gas. But the thing is, Chief. We are scoring all those goals and we have the best goal difference in the division and it's not by accident because the XG stats bear it out too. It's not like we're massively outperforming our XG. Um, We're scoring the chances. We're scoring relative to the chance creation 
of the side. But with this, let me see, how do I put this? With the concern around maybe the rate that we are conceding goals, maybe not the rate that we're conceding goals over a course of the season so far, but certainly in certain games when when teams seem to get one, they seem to get two and maybe three. We've, we've sort of got a nearly cop for that, don't we? We've got to sort of nearly say that when we are this dangerous and we do create this amount of chances, there's got to be some sort of compromise. And that looks to be a, a gamble that almost we're taking or certainly a, a calculated risk that we're taking this season. Yeah, um, I certainly think so. I mean, Klopp, has made a few comments post match, you know, saying that he wasn't necessarily happy with the with the chances that were given up and the fact that we, we look a bit open or um, we still are a little open and and you know that's that's absolutely fair enough. You know, he's he's the boss and he's obviously wants to iron iron that um, those kinks out really, um whilst keeping the the goal scoring prowess. Um I I think it might be something you have to cop for, but not necessarily. Um, honestly, I think that if we can, um, I mean, I think Virgil looked at the weekend back to his his best. I think any time he was there was a slight bit of danger, he was across and sorting out the problems. Um, Do you see with Van Dijk, Chief? I've, I've all. For me, it almost seems like there are certain things and certain moments that I've seen that has almost been like another step in his recovery. Like, there's, is it the tackle um, at West Ham where he, he stops a certain goal? There's that there's that header thing that he does that he did, I think, at Brighton last year where he kind of heads it away and then picks up his own, his own second ball. Yeah, plays it off, and then we see the goal at the weekend, and it's almost like is this? It almost it almost to me feels like steps rather than a gradual sort of thing, and maybe that's the psychology for him as well, and feeling in his head that he's back to himself and feeling confident in his body. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, and obviously. You know, fans will scrutinise Van Dyke and Liverpool fans, especially, will scrutinise Van Dyke and and you know, ask the question: Is he is he ever going to be quite as good? Because he was so good, and obviously, we we all absolutely hope and believe that he can be. But I think Saturday was was evidence that he's getting there. Um, I think there have been times this season where we've. we've We've had reason to mention that he might not come back that quickly. That you know that uh, that he maybe is still a wee bit off the pace and, and so on. But I think, as you say, Saturday was a, was another real step in in the right direction. And to go back to what I was going to say is, if you, if you if he is back and he gets back to to being the Virgil we 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 know and love, a hundred percent. And you, you've got Matip alongside him, or you've got a uh, uh, an integrated Konate, which is is happening slowly but surely for him as well. I think he had a pretty good game against Southampton. There are one or two things you could, you know, you'd like him to polish, but 
but given his age and how often he's played with the side and so on, I think I don't think you're gonna have too many complaints. So if you've if you've no. got that absolute rock, those rocks in the in the centre of defence, backed up by what we were mentioning pre-pod, probably the best goalkeeper in the league, um, backed up with Andy Robbo and 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 Trent, and it, with with the likes of Fabinho and uh, and Thiago in front. I think when you've got them playing, I think we're a much different proposition for for opposition teams um, in terms of conceding goals. And I think you'll see our um, goals against column shrink significantly. Uh, obviously, it'll not come down from where it is now, but you know what I mean. We'll we'll not be conceding goals at the same rate. I I wouldn't wouldn't have thought. Yeah, the the integration of Canate is interesting um, because. It looks, to me, I feel this isn't so much to do with necessarily resting Matip. I think that this is picking and shooting. Obviously, you're getting the benefit of that. You know, obviously, you're getting the benefit of that because you're not putting him at risk. But look, an injury is going to happen to your player at some point. And sometimes it isn't even necessarily as to how many games they play in a row. Sometimes these things just happen. Because these guys are training all the time as well, you have to remember. Um, but to me, it's almost you're working on your insurance policy there. You're bringing him in whenever you feel it's the right game where you can pick and choose the game to bring him in um, and integrate him into the side for the, I don't want to say inevitability, but for the eventuality that Maddox or, God forbid, Van Dyke breaks down again for any sort of length of time. Which is a luxury we haven't really been able to afford ourselves previously, because, as we've seen before, Chief, normally a centre-half partnership for Jurgen Klopp is a centre-half partnership until something physically goes wrong with one or the other. Yeah, I think that's fair. And to be honest, we haven't had, while Jurgen Klopp's been at the club, I think it's fair to say, apart from... Well, we've had Joe Gomez and we've had yeah, Joe Maddox sitting on the six. bench for weeks on end sometimes because you just can't but, drop Maddox or you just can't drop Gomez. And the yeah, only and it, the other one only ever gets in because Gomez Gomez gets badly injured or Maddox gets out was out for three four months or whatever. No, I think that's fair, but I think if you if if you look back, there's probably not that long where they've both been fed at the same time. Um, there's there certainly has been a, a month or two, no doubt. Could be right, a bit yeah. longer, but but Joe Gomez had a big injury. Matt had a big injury the year before. Uh, Gomez had, uh, I think Gomez also had an injury, and Matip got in because Van Dyke and Gomez start the season brilliantly, and then Gomez goes out for a couple of months. Matip comes in and plays so well that he he keeps the shirt. Um, but yeah, if if you got those if you got those three to call on, um, and and um, if either you know if either of, of of the starting two in inverted commas were to get injured, you're you're pretty comfortable now that Kanate can come in and and more than do a job. Um, so yeah, uh, I think you're right. It is about picking and choosing, um, getting them as integrated as possible, getting them used to the, the side, how we play in Europe, how we play um, in the Premier League, how we play at home, how we play away. Getting him used to the combinations on the pitch, his teammates, um, 
and overall in in general just happy and confident that he's you know that he's properly part of things then it um then it absolutely you know bodes really really well i mean barring a, a catastrophe like the likes of which happened last year um you know you're you're pretty well covered in that position and you know kanate for what he's done so far if if he if he keeps going and keeps progressing then by the time he's you know 26 my god what what you've, you've got another van dyke probably um because he's got it all you know he's got that he's got that aerial dominance he's got the imposing height and physicality he's quick he's strong in the tackle um one thing he gets drawn out a little bit too easily but that'll that'll change that'll be coached and coached over time you know where to be and what to do exactly positional wise but he's also he's not rash he doesn't throw in tackles he does he's not a Dejan Lovren he's not a shitty or a skirtle he's getting past me I better I better take him out better give a penalty away you know it's it, it doesn't seem to be in his makeup he also seems to have that really cool calm psychology going on that um that the likes of Van Dyke and Matip have yeah it's very much a if I can't make the tackle don't make the tackle sort of attitude um and you'd think that almost all the time you'd think that he could make the tackle because he is that quick and he is that big. But you saw the one at the weekend where, you know, he, I think the throw isn't great to him. Um, and he kind of gets caught between two two stools. He, he goes to go and he thinks, I'm not going to get there, so I'll drop off and then it's past him. But at any point, you're, you're right, you'd see Lovner's curtain. Last ditch attempt there. But he just thinks to himself, I'll stand up. I'll make this shot as difficult as possible and I'll back my keeper to be the best keeper in the world, which he is. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest, best and biggest attributes you can have as a centre-back is, is a cool head and and trust in your goalkeeper. You know, too many centre-backs, too many players, you know, they make a mistake and then they they think, I have to fix this. I've made this mistake. I have to fix it. I have to stop this guy. I have to, you know, I can't let a goal happen. I can't, you know, rather than, than sort of going, I've made my mistake. Now it's up to my, my mates to bail me out kind of thing. And, you know, I think we're, we're as a team, we're really quite good at that. Um, and then, of course, there'll be recriminations afterwards and, and whatever. But that's that's fine. That, that's all that's all part of it. But that, because if he chucks in a, uh, a tackle there from behind he's probably getting sent you know um, I can't quite think if there's anybody so, or if he's the last man but I'm pretty sure he's probably the last man in that, in that. I think even if he's not the last man he would probably still be deemed the last man because once the, once he's in the box it's a, it's a goal scoring opportunity yeah so I mean he can you might get that double jeopardy where you know he gets a he gets a yellow and a pen but it's it's still whatever happens if he throws a tackle in there the outcome is not going to be favorable so to just to have that you know to have the balls essentially or 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 for want of a better word to have the guts to just sort of say okay you know I'm, I'm just going to do what I can here but I'm not going to I'm not going to compound this mistake which far too often players do um yeah. it's just 
is is really it's it's a real bonus. It's it's because I guarantee you, Dejan Lovren throwing a tackle in there. There's no fucking no doubt. Undoubtedly, <laughs> undoubtedly. In fact, I can imagine Lovren at the TV just screaming, watching, screaming, <laughs> slide, slide him. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. So let's see if we've got um we've got a raft of games coming up here. Start with a derby. Um. It's. I know they're shit, right? Like they're they're probably as shit as they've been in ages. What the Derby or Everton? (laughs) (laughs) Everton really are. They're they're in they're in the worst run of form I can remember them being in right now. Um, but this is not. No matter how well we are playing and how how badly they are playing, I think I heard in the last nine derbies at Goodison. It's one win and eight draws. Um, yeah. and, the, and, that, and the win. That's going is, back to Rogers. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All the way back. So all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one win and eight draws, and the only win is the literally like ninety plus four Mane. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that is <laughs> It's as close to a draw as you're going to get without it being a draw. So I think. A lot of people are expecting us to rock up here and, and hammer this lot. And to be fair, they're struggling. They're struggling badly for players. Like, yeah, I, I can't begin to tell you how happy I am that Calvert-Lewin's still out. Um, I mean, he is definitely still out, isn't he? As far as I know, he's still out. He, I don't think he makes the bench at the weekend, does he? Um, no. So, you know, I can't imagine he gets thrown in there, um, even if he is close to being fit. So I don't know. He's not. This, they're not. I'm just reading. Reading here, Rafa Benitez has confirmed Everton are not expected to welcome back any injured players for Wednesday's Merseyside derby. Yeah. So who are you talking about? Alan Decore, Yerry Me. Alan's Alan's back and Decore's back. They're, they're oh, both, really? Okay. They're both there. But it's Calvert Lewin's out. Mina's out. Andre Gomez has returned to first team training, but he's been out that long that. They're not planned. He's not, he's not um, expected to be back. Um, Mason Holgate's out because of suspension, and Richarlison is back because he was only suspended for one game. But yeah, you've no 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 Calvert Lewin and no Mina, which two big players for them at either end of the pitch. Yeah, so you've you know you've got to be confident of going there and getting a result, especially at the rate. We are scoring goals. Uh, they seem to have a very purpley patch at the start of the season, kind of coinciding with whether it was because of or a product of Andros Townsend's blistering start to the year. Um, but that seems to have tapered off now, and and so do Everton. And you've got to imagine we can go there and we can pick three points up. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. You know, if it's any other team. You're, with the form they're in, and uh, you know the position they're in the league, and the results they're getting, and the fans turning on them, and that kind of stuff, you're going absolutely. This is this is made for us. But funnily enough, this is you know I don't want to overreg it at all because I, I do still expect us to win. But this is when I fear Everton the most, <laughs> if you know what I mean. When everything's going against them. I'd, I'd almost rather bounce in. In fact, I'd always rather bounce into a derby where they're thinking, where the mood in their camp is, you know, we could do them here. 
because you know invariably it goes wrong for them and, and we end up battering them. Um, obviously only in the Anfield games, but um, but yeah, I think Calvert-Lewin is a huge miss for them. Huge miss. They're not the same team without him. Not even close. Everything Richarlison works off Calvert-Lewin. Your uh, uh, Townsend was was scoring because defenders were busy with Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, so he was getting space to pop up and score goals. And, you know, you mentioned their purple patch at the start of the season. It's no coincidence that that stops as soon as they get the injuries, and particularly as soon as DCL goes out. Um, Notwithstanding the the sort of poor results at Goodison in in the last few years, um, it's only been Calvert-Lewin that we've had an issue with. Um, going back to one-one there a couple of seasons ago, two three seasons ago, it's Calvert Lewin who, who goes down easily for the dodgy pen, which brings them back into the game, and they see that out one-one. Last year it's Calvert Lewin that's, that's given us all, all the problems, and you know, even having said that, last year's Derby game is a game that, well, Derby at Goodison I should say is a game that, to all intents and purposes. You could say we won. Obviously, we didn't. But if you look at the awful refereeing that goes on there, how Pickford stays on the pitch, how we don't get a penalty for Van Dyke getting his ACL done, how Mane or how um, Henderson's last-minute goal is chalked off, given that I I can still see that again and again, and there's no offside there. Well, this season it isn't offside, is it? If you want well, to go by, well, that's what the they interpretation, say, yeah. yeah. I would like to put that. I wouldn't like to put it to the test, though, when it's us involved, because you know you always think your side gets diddled more than the other. But you know, I have a reason to suspect that they're ultra tight on our offside calls. But anyway, you're right. That probably wouldn't be given this year, and you you would literally have won the game. So I think last year's a little bit different because they open in 20 minutes until Pickford, Mames, Van Dyke. We are eating them. They're in our mouths and we're chewing them up. And we're yeah, just you're watching ready. that. It's you're watching that. It, it, it is Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, isn't it? In, in the midfield, I'm yeah. fairly sure. Um, yeah. And we are utterly dominant. And and that is a point last season where we're watching the first half or something. What is it? The first half an hour, whatever it is. And we're watching our side play against an Everton team at Goodison Park, where we never find it easy and just absolutely ripping them to shreds. And at that point, you're just thinking, this side's just going to fucking walk this league again. Absolutely. And you're thinking, how many is it going to be? Because we're 1-0 up inside 10 minutes, I think. And then, you know, we, we should have... Um, I don't know when we score the second, but we should have a second with the with the whole Van Dyke incident. And, and you, you know, that throws everything. Um, they go from there. And even then, we managed to pick ourselves up, even after Richardson tries to snap Thiago's leg. Um, we still managed to fi- um, we still managed to find that that move for the final chance, and we stick it in the net, and then we're fucked over by ridiculous VAR. And so, so yeah, I mean, I wonder if if last season was a bit of a sea change, just in our attitude there, just in in how we we went about the game, because the previous couple of derbies there under Klopp, we have. We showed them a lot of respect and we've been a bit cagey and we've almost had the feeling that 
you know, a draw is not too bad a result. We take a draw there and we, we get our points elsewhere. Um, and I think he had that approach at United as well. Um, and we've seen that. We saw that in, in a couple of games, even against Solskjaer's United at Old Trafford, where, you know, we are a bit cagey and we, we show them far too much respect. But we take the draw, we get out of there and we, we try and get our points in, in other games. And unfortunately, in the in the 90. 99-98 or 98-97 whatever the the one point season where we miss out the, the draws at uh, obviously at Old Trafford and, and Goodison are costly um, but we do settle for them there, I don't think there can be too much doubt about that if, if you sort of go back and look at the games but I wonder was last I mean last year seemed to be different in our attitude and you know I would I would expect this year will be different uh, as well. That this will follow last year's pattern uh, in the sense that I think we've got the measure. Klopp's got the measure of them now and knows what they're all about in terms of of these fixtures, the derby and particularly the the Liverpool derby. Um, yeah, I wonder, so, I'm just wondering, Chief. Will will you ne- will the game at Old Trafford there early in the season just maybe be a reference point for the players more than anything else? Just to maybe say to themselves. And feel as though this doesn't need to be such a big deal anymore. Well, that's it. It's not. Um, it doesn't have to be a mountain anymore, as you say. It doesn't have. It, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And these, I mean, players are human. We all build things up in our minds before they happen. How often do you, you, you're dreading something, and then you, you go and do it, and you're ah, that wasn't that bad. Grand, no bother. Do that again. And and players are the same. Obviously, they top sports sportsmen, athletes, uh, whatever, try to have that, you know, trained out of them. They try and have it, um, they see counsellors, psychologists and so on to to get into the right mental space. But they are still human. Uh, and sometimes it takes experience to, to realise that, that things aren't as bad as the same or things aren't as daunting as the same. So I think I think it's a it's a really good point. I think to be honest, the players all know the form that Everton are in. Um, they also they also know right enough that they haven't they've only won there once um, in 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 for these players in in say three seasons because that's how long they've all been together for. Um, so they've, they've actually um, the, the Mane the Mane goal in the 96th minute is 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 their only real reference point of a of a win. But um, at the same time, they know they've they've dropped their points this season already, if you will, uh, with City and Chelsea both coming to Anfield and, and taking a point away. And given the the title race and their hunger and desperation to to put another title on the board, they'll know that they can't afford to slip up here. Um, it, you know, it's quite simple. City had their derby and 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 brushed United aside. Um, Chelsea haven't haven't had Spurs yet, have they? Don't think they have, but they have a few yeah, derbies, obviously. Yeah, but it's Spurs, so, and they got Arsenal at the start of the season as well. Whenever they destroyed them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but the points, you know, the point, the table doesn't lie. And what is it, thirty, twenty-nine, twenty-eight? So 
there's no way that Liverpool want to go into Wednesday night and come out. Sorry, come out of Wednesday night with with only 29 points on the board. They they want they want that three. They need the three draws draws kill seasons really. Um, especially when you're when you're gunning for for the title. I mean, I think Alex Ferguson even said that um, you know I don't want draws. I'd rather lose a game and win the next one than than have you know three draws in but a row. This is it though. Well, this is three draws in a row is one win and two defeats. It's the same well, that's thing. It. It's six points dropped. That's it. So I mean, if you go if you go the whole season losing every third game but winning the other two. You'll do much. Obviously, you're going to do much better than if you go a season unbeaten, but you don't you don't win that many games. Yeah. So. Yep. I think three points are vital, and I think you know to 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 cut to your actual question, I think we'll we will go for it, and uh, I think we'll see a uh, an attitude much more akin to the first twenty minutes of of last year, last season's game, than than the ones that have preceded it. So three points there then. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I really, I see it. You know, I do. I mean, it's difficult because, like I said, they're in. It's their, the, the form they're in, the, the way they are. A, a draw for them is massive. They will celebrate every clearance, every tackle, every fucking ball hoofed out for a throw-in, um, like it's a goal. So their crowd are going to be mad up for it. Um, it's it's about all they've got left in this season already, um, unless they put an FA Cup run together because they got knocked out of the League Cup very early. Um, and it could be more than Rafa's job's worth to 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 get beat by us tomorrow because that that would be, I think they're without a win in nine, um, or one win in nine or something. So I mean, you're getting into into serious territory if if we were to go there tomorrow and win three nil. You know, you, you, the writing could be on the wall for them already. So they're going to give it. They're going to give it absolutely everything. But the quality we have, the side we should be fielding, I just, I just can't see, especially with their injuries, how they, how they get. I mean, if we score two goals, they don't have two goals in them. So yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So three points there, then. All right. Yep. This is a game that really, really, really gives me the heebie-jeebies. I never like this. I never like a wounds away. It's a horrible place to go, I think. And with the new managers at Bruno Large, or whatever way they're pronouncing his name, they have quietly, after a difficult start to the season, put a run of form together. And they're very Nuno without being very Nuno. They don't play the same way, but it's kind of the same. Very Portuguese, with, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, they, they don't score a lot of goals, but they're difficult to score against, and that's kind of borne out in the in the, in the stats. It's it's thirteen games played, it's twelve goals for, twelve goals against. So you can imagine that this will be a matter of us trying to break down a very very stubborn rear guard and. Trying to contain Traore, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he's not been starting for them, um, he, um, I think Laga or Large or whatever, Bruno, we'll call him Bruno. Um, he has been favouring Podence uh, mm-hmm. ahead of Traore, just as a more um, sort of reliable, tactically aware sort of player but um, 
but I, I'm sure we'll see Traore at some point. But yeah, you're right. I just can't imagine that. If, I can't. I just feel like the only way he can see getting at us is is to start Traore. But I don't know. It might be the Huang is the guy that he looks to try and get in behind, um, because he's pacey as well. But yeah, we'll see. But they 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 will pose a threat in behind. I suppose is is the point. I, the overarching they, they, point. Yeah, they, they'll look. They'll have to look to hit us on the break, really, because that's how they play. I mean, you look at their. They, they've quietly been doing quite well, but they've got twelve goals in thirteen games, and they've got. A, a, a neutral goal difference, so 12-4, 12 against. Um, so they don't concede many, but they certainly don't score many. And again, if we score two in that game, I don't see them having having a response. So yeah, it's 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 going to be a breaking down a, a low block in inverted commas, um, but nothing new. Um, um, yeah, it's one of those things that people still sort of throw at this Liverpool side is, you know, they're not great against a low block. Well, actually, you know, we are. We're dead good against the low block. In fact, it's very rare that poor sides, excluding that bizarre six-game run in the middle of last season, take any points off us at all. Absolutely. And, you know, last season is a, is a complete anomaly because there were no fans in the stadium. Uh, and... I'm pretty positive that that run would just not have happened, even notwithstanding the the injuries and the crisis we were in. I just don't think that we got because we didn't. I mean, I don't think we scored in those six games. Were they not all one nils? Certainly, Fulham beat us one nil. Southampton beat us one nil. Burnley beat us one nil. So we just don't score. (laughs) We so we've got no. You know, we're not we're not drawing any energy off the crowd. Because it's not there. Um, so yeah, uh, I just most teams when they play us play a, play a low block. Some like Brighton um, or even Southampton at the weekend try to be a little bit smarter with their tactics and um, exploit certain weaknesses. But let's be honest, most of the managers who are in charge of lower mid to lower half table uh, teams are not necessarily that tactically astute and generally go with, with, with the low block and let's try and sit in. So it is something that we struggled to break down a couple of seasons ago, but isn't necessarily something that we still have a problem with, given that we've had a lot of practice. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't see it being a, being a fun game at all. Wolves, it's always gritty, it's always gnarly, but you know, we were able to go there and beat them when they were at their peak under under Nuno. Um, that Firmino goal sticks out in the in the mind. I think we won two one. Um, and if we can if we can do that, then you know, to be honest, I'm not I'm not fearful of them. Uh, yeah, they're 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 difficult to, to beat, but I think when they play they, when they come up against top quality, I, I think the the difference shows. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, and it's one of those places where you always kind of it's always it's never going to be pretty, but you do normally come away with the result. So on the kind of well, this is one that kind of sticks out for me last year. Um, it's Aston Villa 
and mm. we'll talk about Aston Villa at home because it's kind of a, it's a weird bookend um, to an absolute horror period in Klopp's kind of tenure, which which begins with that seven something ridiculous seven two, wasn't it mental? Yeah, um, yeah, and it's funny because I think I remember. We're all laughing at United getting beaten six by Spurs at the start of the day or something like that, and then and then we go and we go and concede more. And it, it we saw it as an anomaly, but anomalies became so frequent that they they ceased to become anomalies that year. Um, but Villa at Anfield, it was the Trent last minute winner, I think, um, and it's. It's one of those games, or maybe the game, that kind of sets us on our way, that kind of reinstills the belief in the squad to kick us on to going and securing fourth spot, sending us on that run um, of unbeaten games. So, for me, this is a game that I feel a game we should go and win, but we've got... We've got the narrative, Chief. Stevie! The, the narrative of all narratives. It's it's Gerard coming back to Anfield. It's Gerard rocking up with an Aston Villa side that he has somehow managed to stop them conceding goals, albeit only two games. It's still no goals in two games, and that's not something they were able to put together um, before he came in. He's made them more solid immediately. Um and I'm sure that team are walking on air coming into this game. I'm sure if you reinvigorated, um, a lot of these players will have grown up watching Stephen Gerrard play and idolising Stephen Gerrard. And then he walks into the team's room. And no disrespect to Dean Smith, but he's not fucking Stephen Gerrard. Do you know? Um, this is Stephen Gerrard who's coming and he's putting his medals on the table, both as a player and as a manager. And that commands respect. And... That commands authority. And he looks to those he's gone in there and he's got his message across to the players really quickly. Um, and they've got some handy players as well. They've got some quick players. They've got about a million wingers, which is the kind of thing that you look at and think would cause us problems. So this could be a sticky one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Funny enough, Villa, you mentioned a, a couple of the, the previous games, last season's games against Villa um, in the context of sort of bookending stuff that happened to us. And Villa have played a, played a part in, in that way quite a lot for us over, over the last few seasons. I think the, it, we're 1-0 down at Villa Park. The season, the title winning season in the 85th minute, and we managed to to get two goals back. I think Robbo scores, and then Mane scores from a from a Trent corner yeah. in the last minute to give us the the victory. And I think that was a lot of people, a lot of fans have said that that was the day where they sort of they sort of knew that something was happening. That you know this wasn't a this wasn't going to be a nearly year this time. So yeah, they, they've certainly played their part. In regards to Liverpool, and they have over the years. I mean, funnily enough, I think it's a bit ironic that Steven Gerrard is their manager because I'm sure, I'm sure this is correct. This stat he scored more goals against Villa than any other club that he played against. It's got, it's got to be up there. It's got to be up there if it, if it isn't top of the pile. 
Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure I remember that from 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 when he was still playing. So a little bit of irony there, but you know they're a big club, and you know they are the proverbial sleeping giant. Even under Dean Smith, they've still been asleep because you take Grealish out of that team under him as you did, and and they were nowhere. But Stevie has managed to come in and, as you say, stop the rot defensively. Uh, and he's, as you say, two clean sheets in a row. Previously, I think they'd only kept two clean sheets all season. Um, funnily enough, one of them was against Everton. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, they do play their part, and they're going to be they're going to be bang up for the game, uh, as always. Um, so are we. Stevie coming back to Anfield, he's going to get some reception. Um, the crowd's really going to be up that day. And, you know, quality-wise, there's no, there's really no contest. Yeah, Villa have a good squad, but it's not in the... It is in the same league, but it's not in the same league, you know, uh, metaphorically speaking, anyway, uh, as, as, as Liverpool's. So, you know, all you can say is... In, in in recent years, we've had we've had good home results against Villa, um, and you'd expect that to continue. Albeit, it's it's a trickier game, a much trickier prospect now than it was a couple of weeks ago with with Dean Smith in charge. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be one for the TV cameras, uh, although not because it's a three o'clock kickoff. But there's certainly going to be a lot of um, a lot of chat around it. Uh, leading up to the game and, and post-match, no matter what the result is. Uh, but again, it's it's a game we've got to win if we want to win the league. Yeah, so we're looking here at, as I said, a, a very congested fixture list. Um, this has historically been a period of the season where this team has excelled under the manager. He's managed to manage the squad in such a way that we seem to peak about this time and we do tend to see heavy rotation, much to everybody's disapproval as to who plays and when to play. But, you know, we've got, for the first time in ages, a decision had to be made around the midfield at the weekend where, where Chamberlain was left on the bench after really starting to find his feet for the first time in a long time, really starting to look like he could contribute and really starting to look like tactically he was starting to get it again, looking a bit more comfortable in possession with the ball, his decisions being a little bit more on instinct, feeling a little more comfortable and confident in what he was doing rather than second-guessing himself. And, you know, from what I hear is Kaida... Kaida's out still. Yeah, but he looks but he's on only his come- way back. Yeah, he's, he's not far away. A couple of weeks away, I think. So yeah, not far away. So we'd expect that he should hopefully be used here. Um, Firmino is getting closer. Um, we're hoping sometime in December. Um, Curtis Jones again. It's still going to be another few weeks, I think. Um, but you might see him coming back into the frame at some point. And then you've Milner to 
to recover from I think the hamstring as well. So I think he's fit. He's 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 fit again. He played again recently, so um, I think he's he's in the squad. Um, he was out for four weeks, but that was from October the sixteenth, and he's he's back. I'm sure he featured recently. He came off the bench, um, so he's back in the frame, which is good. And the others, certainly Kaida um, and Firmino, should be should be back for around the the Newcastle game on the sixteenth. So you're hoping. I mean, when you look at the fixtures, actually, um, the, they're not too congested until you get to the Newcastle game on the 16th because we have the added bonus of the Milan game being a complete dead rubber. So It helps. It massively helps because it basically means we've got a week between Wolves and Villa and then we've got five days from Villa to Newcastle as well. Um, and then it's after that that things really start getting close because we've got Tottenham three days after that, then a, a, an EFL Cup match, then Boxing Day we've got Leeds, then a 28th Leicester, and the second we've got Chelsea away. Lovely. So that's when it really gets um, gets meaty. And for that one on the second, we're prob- which we're going to come on to and, and touch later, we're, we're probably going to be without uh, the African lads away at the, um, at, away at the Cup of Nations. So yeah, so thank goodness that um, that Milan game is a dead rubber. I mean, a total dead rubber. Um, yeah, I so. can't imagine that it's gonna be. I don't think it's not gonna it's it's not gonna be a League Cup team, though, is it? No, not 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 in not in that sense. But if you've got if you so we've mentioned Milner there, and you mentioned some of the lads coming back from from injury. You mentioned Oxlade Chamberlain, of course. Um. I think Ox will be used certainly in the derby for, for half an hour. I think he'll probably come on for Thiago on, on 60, like as as happened at the weekend there against Saints. Um, and then I think you'll see him feature in uh, perhaps against Wolves uh, from the start. Uh, and then you probably, you know, you're probably in Milan, you're, you're maybe, or you're maybe looking at, um, you might be looking at Milner coming in there. Um, there's a potential Kaida could be back by then, uh, although possibly not. Um, so you, you can change it around a little bit, but no, it's, it's not going to be a League Cup game. I would imagine, uh, is it Tyler Morton, his name? Imagine he, he starts again um, yeah. in, in midfield for that one. So you're maybe looking at, at Ox, Morton and, and, and Henderson or, or Milner for that. Um, you're probably bringing Costas back in at left back. You're probably playing Nico Williams at right back. You know, you're maybe giving Keller a game, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure, but maybe you are because you've already you've won your first five games. You've you know you've you've got nothing to lose really by by sticking him in there, uh, unless you just want. Yeah, to the thing I fresh. look at it though, Chief, is that the thing I look at the thing I look at it though is that we'd already topped the group before we played Porto, and it was. Very strong, you know, and and the keeper was one that I was looking at for the Porto game as to whether Kelleher would come in, and he didn't. So I can't imagine that he would do it for this game just based on that and that alone. No, I mean Kelleher might be a, a bridge too far. He might just he might just feel that keeping Allison in makes sense just to keep him in, in rhythm. Um, but I do think in the context of December. Um, 
the Milan game, it'll be a the Milan line, lineup will be slightly weaker than than the one we saw against Porto. Um, be interesting to see when Bobby's back because you know that gives us ten options in the in the front four. Minamino probably gets a start in Milan, I would say. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. The Milan game gives him gives him the opportunity to to really rotate before that uh, real glut of fixtures. Yeah. So after the Villa game, got Newcastle. We're not even going to talk about that <laughs> because they're absolutely dreadful, and it doesn't matter how much money they have at the moment. It doesn't matter who their manager is at the moment. They're still absolutely dreadful and will remain absolutely dreadful until the season is over. Um, I can go with that. And just one note on it. Eddie Howe's Bournemouth, apart from one famous game, but every other time we played them, they were a fucking gimme. So, um, you know, don't want to get egg on my face, but I'm really not worried about that game whatsoever. Yeah, no, especially, especially being at home as well. Um, and it's a Thursday night game. It's an eight o'clock kickoff. You know, everybody's going to be up for that. I, yeah, a week before Christmas, everyone's blocked. It's going to be going to be good atmosphere, and yeah, forget about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the Sunday after half four is away the Spurs, and this is this is a weird kind of one. Um, Conte's come in there and. This is something I sometimes look at across seasons, and sometimes you're just unlucky and you play teams at the wrong time. Um, and that might just be the right, that just might be the wrong time to play Spurs. You know, Chelsea were unlucky when they played United there. Absolutely. They could have done with Solskjaer lasting an extra week, but he didn't, and they dropped two points, and that's great for us, but it's not ideal for them. And I think potentially we might come across this kind of situation now that Conte's had a few games to kind of get the grips with things he's coming in the middle of a busy period which isn't exactly doesn't exactly lend itself to, to him kind of getting his his tactics across um, especially as his first language isn't English etc etc so I don't know we know what they're going to do and I think that's something the that clock will have an advantage of. Is he'll know how he's going to play. He'll play these sides. He'll play Conte's Chelsea side before. He knows it's going to be a back three. He knows what Kane and Son are all about. He knows it'll probably be Mora in there as well. Um, and then what he does in the midfield and in the wide areas is kind of well, it'll probably probably be clearer closer to the time. But they have quality there. Maybe not at the back end because I think they're I think they're weak at centre half, especially if he wants to play three. But Regardless of Kane's form this season and all of the stats of shots on targets, etc., he has a goal in him against us. And so does the other wee lad's son as well. So it's one to be certainly wary of. Yeah, I mean, Spurs away over the years has been, has been hit and miss. Um, it's always been a bit of a... You know, bit of a bit of a, well, it's been a, a tough place to go at times. On the, on other occasions, it's been it's been yeah, a very easy place to go. I'm thinking the the five one, um, and and a couple of other games there where we've just um, you know been better than them. But then, of course, the flip side is we've had the the Dejan Lovren four one um, against 
and you know a couple of other much more hard fought games. I think the two two was there as well, wasn't it? The where Mo Salah scores a whirly and then that was at Anfield. Or was that Anfield where your man dies yeah. to get the pen? Um, what's uh-huh. he called the Mella? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that was at Anfield. But yeah, I mean, I, I, do you know, Spurs are such a confidence team, and they always have. They're a confidence club, and they're a momentum club. And when things are going well for them, and and everyone's happy, and they're you know they're on the crest of a wave, then they'll they'll give anyone a game on their day. But it doesn't take much to to knock them, and to to knock that sort of confidence. Confidence is a is a very brittle thing, and it's easily broken. And you know, for all Harry Kane's problems in front of goal for Spurs this year, he's been he's been banging them all, but he's been banging them in for England. Um, and he's I think he's done all right in the Europa League as well. So he hasn't forgotten how to score, but it's just not been working for him in the Premier League. And to be honest, Spurs they, they, they're poor against Leeds. You know, they have a they have a rousing second half, but but Leeds, you know, Leeds opened the way for them basically and, and you knew that was coming you, you, you knew it um, so you weren't surprised by it and then they go away and they, they, they go in the Europa League I think it was away I can't remember but they go and lose against I think the lowest ranked team in European competition this year so you know they can they can throw it in I think Conte I think he was saying after the game not sure if it's a direct quote but he was saying basically uh, Something along the lines of uh, now I realise the the size of the task that I that I have, basically. Um, so it's all very well in in your first home game, um, you know, being able to rouse the crowd and, and come back against a, a pretty pretty poor, pretty leaky lead side at the moment. Um, it's something else to try and stop Liverpool. Having said that. Are they a more difficult proposition now with 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 Conte in charge than uh, than Nuno? Absolutely, um, but they're it's going to take a lot. He's going to basically he's going to have he's going to have his work cut out to get them in shape to be a, a, a tough enough proposition to really give us problems. I mean, he needs to turn Kane's form around. He needs to turn Son's form around. He needs to decide how he's going to link. Um, midfield and, and, and attack because they're completely disjointed at the moment um, they've never been able to fill that void really since since Ericsson went and that's a long time ago now um, and the drop off has, has been pretty marked since since he did leave um, so you know they've got Dele Alli in there who I think is, is still out of favour hasn't is, it doesn't seem to be in, in, in Conte's plans they've got La Celso who I think is, is injured at the moment and you know, hasn't really done it for them yet, anyway. So they've they've got issues, and as you say, they're weak at centre centre back. And for me, their keeper is overrated, or was overrated, and is is now you know um, just their keeper, shall we say? Um, I think they this side peaked six months before the Champions League final, which they yeah, made. I agree with that. And and they've been on a downward since. And Conte, do this though, don't they? They they fail to capitalise on periods of success, and it's something that we struggled with for decades, where where they fail to take the next step. And in two decades, of, yeah, yeah, and and 
not only just, I think with us, we just feel to take the next step all the time. What Spurs do is they, they, their next step is a misstep that tumbles them down the flight of stairs into like mediocrity again and obscurity almost. And they have to well, like our step towards, I think the only time we've really done that was when we, we, we signed Hodgson. Yeah. I think that was our only real step backwards, and Jesus, that was a giant leap backwards. But, um, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, their next step does seem to be a misstep, and I think, you know, the the Nuno, the end of the Nuno period. I think it's harsh on him because he it inherited, is harsh on him. But I think the 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 end of that period was was their rock bottom, and Conte is is the man to to hopefully for their sake lift them up again, but. You know he's only he's only just come in and it's going to take a while. So so I know what you mean. It's not the best time to be playing them, but it might not be the worst. No, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So um, moving on, Dean, they come thick and fast. Um, after Spurs on the Sunday, there is Leicester in the Carabao Cup on the Wednesday. Probably something that we could do without, but it's the quarterfinal. Um, I keep on saying semi-final, so I'm glad I've got that right. It's the quarterfinal, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, you're what, four games away from winning it? Like, why not? Why not go for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we'll go for it. Having said that, or I think we, we will put a, a League Cup team out in the League Cup. Uh, I, it's even. a funny one, Chief. I think I think that I think that will be determined. It's going to sound so obvious what I'm going to say here, but I think Klopp might look at that at the time and determine how much he wants to go out there and win that game, depending on who is fit and how fit they are. So. It might not necessarily be a league cup a league cup team if he has seven midfielders available and maybe Joe Gomez. I don't know when he's due back, but and there's no other injuries for me. Who's back in the frame, etc. If he still yeah. has four or five out, <laughs> he might just bet it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, even a league cup team for us, it's not. You know, we're talking about the Milan game earlier, and you said it's not going to be a league cup team. And we, we 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 all know what we mean when we say a league cup team, but our league cup team now is is still fucking good. There are names on it where you go, holy shit! You know, it's not especially when you say, as you say, when everyone's fit. So I mean, if as you say, if if Kaida's back, if Firmino's back, if Jones is back, you know, those three will all start. But that will still sort of be a league cup team, if you know what I mean, uh, because they've not featured. Uh, Jones isn't first team. Kaida is and isn't. You know, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. He's not in our starting midfield at the moment. Certainly, you know, Thiago, Henderson, and uh, Fabinho have got that, you know, pretty much stitched up. Yeah, so, but if they don't start, it will not be Salah that starts or Mane that starts or Fabinho that starts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So is is key. You know, our key core eleven. Most of them won't won't see the pitch that night. I wouldn't have thought. Um, yeah, the other thing as well, Chief, is that it, it's Wednesday to Sunday with Leeds at home. So it's two home games back to back there as well. Um, 
So you'd think that all his eggs might be in the Leeds basket because again, then you've got Sunday to Tuesday. It's two days later. I know it's it's, it's Sunday twelve thirty to Tuesday at, at yeah, um, but it's two days. It's basically two days. You know, it's two days. It's no prep. It's no. It's no. It, it's just recovery. That's all it is. There's, and you no, don't you don't have Salah, Mane, Kaida, Konate for the Leicester game. Potentially. Potentially. Well, I think they were going to leave on the, didn't you say the 27th? There is, the 27th is the kind of agreed, well, the regulation date that they must be released for. Now, my understanding is there'll be negotiations going on with the, the relevant um, authorities, football associations of, of whatever countries are involved Um and I think we've we've done well to build a good relationship with with these countries, with with not being restrictive on on games that they play or friendlies, and and even going as far as to you know just encouraging players almost to to go and attend you know awards dues and and things like this. So you would expect that the way FSD worked that there would be um, some really clever kind of relationship tailoring there to allow us to have a bit more of an influence and, and maybe convince them to allow us to keep those guys. Because let's be honest, although these, these players will want to go and play in the African nations, you know, Salamani certainly will also want to be thinking to themselves or will want to be looking to to continue to contribute for as long as they can to what they feel will be a season where they can win the league, and what Salah certainly will think to himself, there's two games that I can score goals in, because I want my golden boot, and I want my Ballon d'Or, etc, etc. No, absolutely, I mean, and he is on for the golden boot, he is, he's streets ahead at the moment, even though he hasn't, he didn't score at the weekend there. Oh, the bookies will probably have him at something like 1-5, to five. no, I have no idea, I haven't looked, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's got to be next to nothing. Well, absolutely. So, um, you know, I mean, they want to contribute. They want to win the title. Um, obviously, they want to play in the, in the African Cup of Nations as well. I think it's going to work out quite well because, again, looking at the looking at the fixtures in January, there's a fortnight gap for the FA Cup, I think, after the Chelsea game, uh, and then there's an, an yeah, then it's eight days till we play Palace. Um, so I don't think we'll lose them for for too long, but yeah, maybe they maybe they stay for the Leicester game and then fly out. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, the first game against Leicester in the cup, I think we'll we'll certainly see a shadow side. Um, and then when we see we've got Boxing Day, Leeds that again Leeds at home, Leeds not in great shape, but it's the turnaround. We get a win tonight. Again, is this a bad time to get Leeds because they've maybe just turned the corner with a last-minute winner against Palace there um, to maybe kickstart their season? Did they? I haven't seen the results from tonight, so they, so they have yeah. picked up a last-minute penalty, thirty a ninety-third-minute penalty in order to get them. It, it, Fuck me! Talk about skinnier teeth, my days. Yeah, but those those things those things can catapult aside, you know. Oh, totally. I mean, you're you're actually in, in a position like that. You're often um, 
better off scoring a last minute winner than you are sort of winning you know winning two 0 yeah, um, as I said, those those games mean more when you when you really steal a result, when you're bouncing out of the stadium or bouncing into the changing room, and you think, right now, finally, it's a real monkey off our back, and and we've got there, and we've done it in the most dramatic of fashions. Yeah, absolutely, it can be a turning point. I mean, Leeds have been decimated by injuries again. Um, Bamford's been out for most of the season. Rafinha was out for a good while, um, and there are others. I don't know the lead squad that well, but I do know that they've been they've been decimated. So um, you know, it'll be no surprise if they pick up a little bit as as those players begin to return. Having said that, you'd always fancy us to beat Leeds, especially the way they play with Bielsa. So there are goals in that game, and the way we're scoring this uh, this 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 year, I should say, this season, I don't see anyone outscoring us. Yeah, I think we do an absolute number on them at Elland Road. Um, and if it's anything like that, it doesn't matter who they, who they send out because I can't imagine anything other than the same result. The last one then of, of the of the clutch then in December is it's Leicester. It's away. It's Brandy. Um, I had Brandy. Yeah, I had Brandy. Uh, it's a funny one, this. They're... They're very up and down at the minute. They're certainly not. They're more the they're more the back end of last season than the front end of last season right now. Um, they're they're Jekyll and Hyde, and they get a result at the weekend there against Watford. Um, but they've been far from convincing so far, and Vardy's goals have been kind of pulling them out of a hole. Yeah, absolutely. They've been they've been poor. I mean, for the for the standards they've set, for the players they have, they've had a poor start of the season. Um, and this was a team that a lot of people tipped to, to pip us to the fourth spot in the league, don't forget. Anyone who was doing that, you know, I don't like the phrase, but they need to give their heads serious wobbles. Yeah, well, they, they yeah they need to they, they need to kind of immerse themselves in in the finer details of the sport rather than just shouting a load of shite um, but the fact remains that the last two seasons they have been the best of the rest basically totally and there's no there's no um, nothing stopping them from being the best of the rest again I mean they're, they have had a poor start by their standards but they're only five points off fourth place and given the lack of consistency and the general sort of much of a muchness of the teams in, in front of them, um, you know, given the, the the evidence of the last couple of seasons, they're, they're probably best placed to, to, to put a run together and finish fourth. But they do have issues. While Vardy has scored a few, been scoring goals, he's, he's not the same Jamie Vardy. Um, they definitely have problems at the back. Fafana's been out, injured, um, Johnny Evans, I know you love him, but he's he's not the um, he's not the all-conquering Johnny Evans of the past. Uh, he's certainly he's held together by staples and sticky tape at the minute. Glue, that's it. Um, so yeah, I mean they, they they have their issues. They they concede a lot of goals. Um, Twenty-three conceded already in thirteen games. Um, so they've got the worst goals against 
in the league bar Watford and Newcastle. Watford, Newcastle and Norwich, sorry. So they're 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 seventeenth on uh, goals conceded. So again, how do you see them stopping a scoring? Uh that that's always what, what I what I come down to. They may stick a couple in the in the onion bag, but they'll concede more. Um again, we mentioned Villa earlier, a couple of seasons ago, the game there being being one that sort of marked um what was it was a milestone or a, or a yeah a milestone will do for, for Liverpool fans in that season and I think the game against Leicester at the King Power on Boxing Day was the day where a lot of fans went you know we've actually won the league now that's it um, they were flying high they were second in the league um, and we went there and fucking dismantled them um, swearing for yeah and to be fair the other really, thing as well. We really did a number on them, and, and I think we're we're well set up to do the same. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, the other thing, thinking back, is there, there's that one all around field with with the Madison goal, I think, but it's it's out of nothing, and the, it's one of those games. I think it must be like the lowest XG conceded against the team that that we have because. The majority of those games, it's like the 0.1s or 0.2s XG against. So we know how to manage this side. Yeah, absolutely. We know exactly. We, we, we have them at arm's length. Even last season, when we have our bad run and they beat us 2-1, it's a mad, I mean, I think it's a mad last 10 minutes. We're 1-0 up. and. I can't remember. It's a it's a VAR penalty and an own goal or something. It's 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 something mad. They come back in the last ten minutes and they end up winning two one. But there's a there's a lot of um, caveats around that. Um, and I just think we've got the measure of them. I think Klopp is a much better manager than than Brendan Rodgers. Um, and I think while Leicester try and play a similar game to us, they don't have the quality that we do. And I love playing them because I like playing. I like when Liverpool play against uh, teams who like to adopt a similar style or, or like to think they can play a little and, and think they can match us up. I'd much rather, you know, it's certainly historically, much rather play a team like that than, than a team that's really going to camp in. So, yeah, no no fear going there. Um and we've sort of looked at all of these games and, and sort of said, almost said the same thing. I mean, there are there are definitely potential banana skins there, and and of course Leicester would would probably fall into that category. But but given the way that they're playing, and given the way that we're playing, um, and the fact that I think we're gonna have um, almost a fully fit squad, barring any injuries that occur between now and then. You know, it's 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 very difficult for, for any team to match us. It, it really is. So, you know, it might come down a little to whether we manage to keep Mana, Mana, Mana and Saleh, Mana and Salah, uh, and Kanate and and um, and Kaida for uh, for that game or not? Because uh, if we're going into it bereft of those four, then it makes it a little trickier, of course. 
but if we do manage to keep the lads for for that game and then and then they they jet off on a private jet afterwards, um, then I really I don't see any any issues there to be honest. Okay, so just to finish this off, then it's seven games. There's 21 points available. Um, obviously, we've just talked through how we're going to win them all, which is fine. Yep. <laughs> but realistically, if you look at points per game at the moment, it's just over 2.1 points a game we're running on. And if we continue to run at that rate, we're only picking up 15 points from these 21. So do you think that we can improve on that kind of... In, in a short answer, yes, I do. Um, in a more long-winded answer... To what extent? In a more long-winded answer... I think we I think honestly we can get the twenty one points or whatever it is, nine games is it? You know, taking out the Champions League seven game games. and the League Cup seven, seven games. games. Twenty twenty one points so we can get. I don't do think I anybody think, will disagree, Chief, that we can get the twenty one yeah, points. Do I think we will? Yes I do. Why? Because we've done that in the last two Decembers, I think. We have won every single game. Certainly not not last year, but certainly in the title winning year. And I'm pretty sure in the year before as well, the the one where we lose to City by by one point, I'm pretty sure we win every game in December, and then we lose to City two one on 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 New Year's Day. Um, and I'm also positive that in the in the title winning year we we win all the games in December because our first defeat comes at, at Watford. Um, so yeah, I think after the first season where the December period smacked Klopp in the face like a large wet salmon. Um, he he really decided to to get to grips with that, and we've seen us we've seen Liverpool not fare so well in January, perhaps as a result of that. But generally, um, our December's have been very very good in the last two real seasons. Uh, another reason why I think we can certainly improve on the two point one points per game is is a slightly more simple and perhaps more empirical one is that we're just not there exactly. Yeah, and we're we're getting our players back. Thiago's yep. fit. Van Dijk's coming back to full fitness. Uh, Jota's firing. Uh, Matip is is grand. Kanate's been been uh, what's the word integrated pretty nicely. Um, Robertson's looking like his old self again. Exactly. Plus Simakas is is there. If we were to ever you know need something else, Trent looks back to his very best again. Um, yeah, and there's and there's a lot of positives there to be to be taken from the cameos that we've seen from from Origi and Minamino. Totally, I mean Origi looks twice the player he did last season. More than Origi, there's going to be issues with Origi's game, but he looks he looks like he's going to score almost every chance he gets. He looks up for it. He looks bang up for it. You know, I've often. St- Mentioned this about Divock is that there's a little bit of a of a Hesky about him in that sometimes when he plays he's unplayable. He's strong, he's quick, he's involved, he can finish, he's decent in the air, he can hold the ball up, he can if you look at his goals reel, his highlights reel for Liverpool, some of the goals he scored are fucking outstanding. And he's also a player that when he is on top form and he's confident, he, 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 he scores in runs. You know, he scores six, seven, eight games in a row uh, a couple of times. Everton coming up, Chief. So, you know, he's just, 
he's he's an enigma because there are other times when he plays where he just looks where he looks disinterested and that's probably not fair but it's more maybe he's not playing in his favorite position maybe he hasn't played uh for for too long and he's not sharp enough um you know maybe he's still carrying a slight injury at those times or whatever but there is you know what you know the first couple of touches he has the first couple of involvements he has in a game you know what Devok you're getting and so far this season in his cameos he's looked he's looked really good and really hungry and and up for it so so yeah it's very um it's very heartening to see that if and when we have to call on him and the likes of Minamino, they're they're fit, they're raring to go, and they're scoring goals. Okay. All right, then. So, say thanks for joining me. No um, bother. It's been good crack. Yes, it always is. It always is. So, until next time, folks, up at 21 points in December Reds. 